Hey guys, welcome back to Learn With Us by 303. We're going over Rich Dad. No, we're not. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could probably, you should leave that as the intro. Hey guys, welcome back to Learn With Us by 303. Today we're going to go over The Richest Man in Babylon. We're going to go part two, I believe. Chapter two, yeah. Everybody's here again. We got Juan, Alita, Amanda, and me. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. Good morning. You know, I've noticed that we don't mention the names of the author when we refer to the book. We need to. We need to honor the authors. This one is George S. Classon. I don't know if I'm, I'm honoring the author by butchering Classon. his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's right. More honor than we have. Sounds French. Classon. Classon. All right. Just like us, Classon. So does any do you guys recall when we got when we saw last time on the chapter? We got up to the point right to where they were going to our cat's yeah. house. Is that the, That's yeah, the name. And they were gonna go talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then the journey was gonna begin. Yeah, they finally realized that they were unhappy with their <clears throat> living the way they were spending their money and didn't have money to spend. Were there any obvious parallelisms that you guys found between, well, between you and the two characters from the story from last week? I found, for example, when when they both came to the realization that they never bothered to learn about money, I thought to myself, wow, that is, that's me. I never really bothered. No, I feel like I had that realization a couple of years ago when I first started learning the economical world. Was that, wow, I literally just take my paycheck and blow it. Never want to think about where it comes from, why it comes, what to do with it. Just, it's here, let's get rid of it. Yeah. Same, I think. Well, I mean, I always try to save some, but the money I was saving wasn't getting any other money. No, I know this is in the next part where we're going to go over, but he was saying the slaves, and I, I really love that analogy. It's, I mean, it's wrong to think of it that way. I don't know of a better, nicer way to put it, but you need your money working for you all the time. If it's sitting there, it's doing nothing. Well, let's see how, let's see what our cat teaches us in this next episode. Now, I'm going to read the very first paragraph because I think that it's, very important to understand how our cat's personality was and what made him different and why we should listen to him. So this the, the chapter starts. In old Babylon, there once lived a certain very rich man named Arkad. Far and wide, he was famed for his great wealth. Also, he was famed for his liberality. He was generous in his charities. He was generous with his family. He was liberal in his own expenses, but nevertheless, each year his wealth increased more rapidly than he spent it. That's that's our cat. This guy's living the dream almost. No, he's literally like my future, I guess, of what I hope. Generous, but no matter how much he spends, it's not enough to even touch it because it's just going to keep falling back in. It's interesting that they use the word generous to describe him because when we think of very rich people, <laughs> well, I, 
at least it used to be the case for me, I would think of, oh, cheap. If you're rich, you're cheap. Otherwise, you wouldn't be rich. And that's not true. Do you now look at it as smarts instead of well, cheapness? I don't even think of cheapness because I've read, well, it was, it was um, a study that they did to a thousand self-made millionaires and they all, virtually all of them said that giving was a big part of having, that they wouldn't have how much they have if they hadn't given. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was virtually in all of their responses. So that made me, that made me, that really, really made me change my mind about just, just the kind of person that you would have to become in a way if you wanted to adopt riches. That meant for me in the past, oh, I'm going to have to be cheap. But that's not true. That is not true. Well, does cheap to you mean that you're not giving your money? Correct. Is what it sounds yeah. like to me? Yeah, that I keep it to myself. I hoard it. Well, I think of cheap as someone who's being thrifty, I guess. Someone who's, they could buy the $50 steak, but they're going to get the cheap $10 steak so they don't have to spend and waste their money on it. I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. Being cheap would only be a bad thing if it keeps you from being generous. I suppose, no, absolutely. Right? I agree with that point. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't mean it in, in that sense. I meant it as someone like a stingy person. Is that stingy? Yeah. Better? Someone sure. who just who's, who doesn't share at all. Yeah, someone who has the wealth and could definitely help you, but refuses to. Greedy. Yeah, greedy, yeah. So I had those misconceptions, and I thought that it was fascinating. That that's how they began to describe it. Describe him, I'm sorry. Well, it kind of explains why he's even willing to talk to them, is because he's so generous. He, if he was such a stingy old man, he would be like, get off my yard, and don't come back here. Very true. All right. So I'm assuming Arkad was sitting in his house somewhere and then his friends come to see him and they're like all by the pool talking to him, you know, drinking tea and having fruits. Can you imagine that? You just like, you wake up, you pour into your coffee or whatever they did then and he looks out the window and there's just a mob of men coming to him. He's like, oh boy, what did I do? I thought that it was interesting, the kind of a nerve that the friends had when they talked to him, because maybe you should just read it. It says, they tell him, so these are all the friends that are trying to see if Arkad can teach them the secret for his wealth. They tell him, or at least some of them tell him, this is a little bit uh, to describe also the, the similarities between Arkad and the rest of us. It's also to teach us that we don't really have to be special in order to build wealth, if that's what we want. So it says, nor have you worked harder. Actually, would anybody want to read this one, this line? Or do I, should I read it? It's the fourth. It's the fourth sentence on the chapter where it says, nor have you worked harder or more faithfully insofar as we can judge. Why then? Should I just read it? Yeah. All right, so it says, nor have you worked harder or more faithfully insofar as we can judge. 
Why then should a single fate, fickle fate, single you out to enjoy all the good things of life and ignore us who are equally deserving? Because when they were younger, I'm gonna go back, it says, yet once we were equal, we studied under the same master, we played in the same games, and in neither the studies nor the games did you outshine us. And in the years since, you have been no more an honorable citizens than we are. So they were the same. They started in the same boat, but somehow Arkad made it and they had it. I like how they all come at him like you're saying, almost jealousy or what isn't the best word, but they're like mad at him, basically. Like, what did you do? Why did you not tell us? It's kind of like a lesser way of approaching things. It's it's not like a like your higher it's not your higher being coming up with this thing. It's more of of a like a lesser version of yourself. <clears throat> I'm saying like that. It's almost a feeling instead of <clears throat> thinking about it. They're just they feel this like yeah. jealousy rage instead of like, like thinking, acting, whoa, whoa, how did he do that? They are being super emotional because our cat when he answers back, he hits them with logic, pure logic. Do, do you want to read this one? Sure. No? I'll read it. it says, uh, Arkad remonstrated with them, saying, If you have not acquired more than a bare existence in the years since we were youths, it is because you either have failed to learn the laws that govern the building of wealth, or else you do not observe them. When I first heard this, my mind I couldn't I couldn't avoid it because there was it didn't seem like there were any two other options. Those are literally the only two options that you have. You either did not know how it worked <clears throat> or you knew how it worked and you decided not to do anything about it. I can't think of any any more options. No, it's it's that simple. I agree. I would say so. It's one situation where it is black or white. <laughs> the truth hits like a thousand stones. It's You either don't know how money works, or you know how money works, and you choose not to do anything about it. That's basically what he told them. Or they have not even tried to observe them, which they haven't even like figured out where their money is going, which I think is a little bit of our problem. That we seem to still have is that our money seems to just go to the bills and stuff before we even realize. Hmm. We just need to make more. Oh yeah, that's the answer. Just make more. <laughs> I think um, I think the case for money that our cut presents also makes kind of sense because when I think about my upbringing and how money was introduced to my reality, it was always. Well, actually, you know, love for money is the root of all evils, right? That's what they that's what they teach you growing up. If money is so evil that if you have a lot of it, it's because you're a bad person, basically. You're cheap, you're not generous, you don't give it away. If you were a good person, you wouldn't You did something evil to Yes. Like if you were a good person, you wouldn't have any money because you would give be giving it away. Like Jesus. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I grew up with the same idea of now. Why did the rich not pay? Like, why are they not giving us their money? They have ten billion dollars. Like, if they gave every person on Earth a million, we'd all be perfectly happy. Like, what are they doing? 
Yeah, it's like you're a bad person because you're successful. Tax the rich. They have all the extra money. Like, I But I always thought that was wrong, too, because I was like, but the, just because they're smart enough to earn the money doesn't mean we have to take it from them. Yeah. Well, I think if they give us the money, we would give it all back to them. We would <clears> buy <throat> their stuff with it. Without knowing. <laughs> yeah, we would buy their products again. The... Arakat mentions that if you receive money that you haven't earned through work, but by earning, he means the results of your own effort. That's, that's when you earn something, it was the result of your own effort. At the beginning of the book, I think they describe it like that. I'm sorry, but I'm kind of still stuck on what you just said. And I mean, it, I never just thought of it that straightforward. Huh. Of, oh, if the rich did give more in taxes and give um, the lower income people more of their money, then they a, a lot of people would just give the money right back to them because they they still wouldn't learn. I mean, some would, but they still wouldn't learn the rules of money. So they would just blow it. Like, I mean, why would them getting more money just automatically change? how they spend their money. It wouldn't. It wouldn't fix anything. Any book we've read so far is literally attested to that, is that no matter how much money you have, you will blow it if you have no idea how to keep it or use it wisely. It's bear time. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of the hard, hard pill to swallow, you know? I think we all know someone who's come across a large amount of money and doesn't have it anymore because we because of that because the rules that govern money were not followed or there was no habit I, I know I have I know I have I've never had any good money so <laughs> yeah I've never had a lot of money <laughs> Well, so this guy makes the case for money. He says, look, well, he doesn't say regardless of what you think about money, but he says with money, it's like it's a tool. It's literally a tool. You can use money to increase the intensity of the experiences that you're going through. Let's say you're hungry and you want to eat. With money, you can have the best meal. Let's say you want to travel with money, you would be able to travel to remote places, places that you wouldn't be without money. So in that case, it's, it's a tool because it's, it's not necessarily right or wrong what you do with that tool. I thought that made a lot of sense to me. No, it kind of takes away the evilness of it because a gun's evil. Well, no, it's not. A gun used in the wrong way. Money's evil, no. People who decide to get addicted to bad habits or be, become poor because of it, that's on them. It's not really the money didn't do it. It was you. So Arkad mentions that when he, when his mind changed, when he realized that money was something that could be useful for him, and he realized that he had never learned about it, that's when 
his attitude changed and the way that he approached money changed and then his life started to change because Arkad, he was working as a, a, a scribe. He worked as a scribe. And one time the treasurer went to see him for some work. And if Arkad hadn't had that mindset, he wouldn't have asked the treasurer for advice, for example. Right? Yeah, it makes me almost upset because I used to work at a yacht club where obviously anyone who can get in there has to have a yacht. I mean, it's the number one feature. So they're all very successful men or they're men who have money from their parents or whatever. But I should have. I wish I knew then what I knew now to be able to sit down because they they're bored. They had nothing else to do all day. They would have sat there all afternoon with me, eating lunch and talking to me about their wealth. And now I never even asked them one thing. I didn't. I was almost jealous and mad back then, Adam. Hmm. Well, if you don't know anything about money, I mean, sometimes I feel like you can't be horribly hard on yourself because you also don't know what questions to ask. No, that's yeah, that's what I wish I knew then what to say or even think of. Even one good question back then would have changed my life probably. But never even thought twice about it. I was like, whatever. I'll just cook their meal. Walk away. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, you're like resentful. Yeah. Yeah, resentful. That was kind of me too. It was, well, I think I've said it before that it, it was at work that I met basically a treasurer who made me realize, well, hold on, I was, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm super wrong in my thinking. He gave me a book that helped. It wasn't this one. <laughs> No, no, it was a different one. But before, before that, also, I. It's interesting because most of my family, they. They talk crap about money, but they hoard it. I just I, I realized <laughs> that they do. It, it's oh my god! I cannot. It does well. Anyways, I digress. Have you guys had, oh, actually, before we, before I ask that question, let me keep going because Arkad was, as I said, he was working at, um, as, an, as a scribe when the treasurer comes and then he asks him for work, for, for a job. Arkad makes a deal with him and tells him, look, if I can finish your work as fast as you need it, because it was kind of impossible, you'll tell me how you got your money, how you became rich. Well, technically he failed the, the first time and then he made a backup deal. Yes. And, um, oh, I got, I lost my, so, so the treasurer agrees, agrees about the deal. I am, I'm paraphrasing right now because unless we get to a quote that you would like to read. So, so our, the treasurer says, yeah, I think he says, oh, you are, you're a straightforward kid or something like that, but I'll make the deal with him. And, and our cat completed, fulfilled his part of the deal. And then this is when the treasurer comes with the big, big secret. I thought it was funny. He's like, if I was a slave, I would have been beaten. But I'm glad I knew I wasn't a slave. So I stood up to him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forget about the slavery thing that is so prevalent in this book. Okay, you ready for the secret? Well, I know it. Give me the secret. Where's, what's the secret sauce? All right, the secret. It goes. Then he looked, this is our cat telling his friends what happened. 
Tuarcat says, Then he looked at me shrewdly from under his shaggy brows and said in a low, forceful tone, I found the road to wealth when I decided that a part of all I earned was mine to keep. And so will you. Deep, huh? Yeah. I guess I still I still have problems with that for my personal self. Is that I don't really get what it means to do that. Paying yourself first basically means save. If you're not saving, you're not paying yourself first. If you're not putting money aside, you're not paying yourself first. If you're not investing that money. Oh, well, not necessarily investing. Eventually, yes. Eventually, it gets to that. But here, in this particular is is saving. If oh, that took him three years. Everything. Correct. Because our cat looks at it just as confused. So our cat says, is that all? Hey, technically, you're saying that when you buy the shoes, you're not buying those shoes for yourself. You just gave your money to the shoemaker. When you buy... So buying yourself stuff isn't really yes. paying yourself because you paid exactly. someone else to do it. Exactly. The, well, I don't know if we can go ahead, if we can move ahead, but what happens is that after, once the, the reason it works, why saving works is because you then, like Alita said, then you take the money, that money that you saved, you invest it, and that money starts paying you. But we are moving, we are moving a little bit forward. Well, he says for every 10 gold coin, or for every copper, is that because he made 10 copper at a time, or was it just the easiest thing for him to do was every 10th he just took one? Yeah, it's basically like for every penny. No. It's just, it was an expression. Arkad Ar and um, the treasure, they go, they go back and forth because Arkad didn't get it at first. Arkad said... When I get my paycheck, I get the entire paycheck. Like nobody, nobody takes my paycheck for me. It's my paycheck. But then the treasurer asked them, "Well, like you said, when you buy clothes, where does that money go? When you buy food, where does that money go? The taxes, where do those? Where does that money go? The rent. When you when you get paid and you're done paying." What you owe, you end up with no money. You, you are not paying yourself first. You're paying everybody else. Because he asked them, of all the work that you've done so far, how much money do you have? How much money can you show me from, the, from, you know, from your salary? And Arkad didn't have any. He didn't have any. He said nothing. No. Because he didn't pay himself first. Well, it kind of... It kind of makes me think of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where he, when they first started working, our cat or our cat's teacher kind of treated him just like the Rich Dad, where he gave him info but didn't really give him any practical use or what to do with it to, to test him, see what he would do with it in the end. Because then he comes back the next year and he's like, oh, well, did you do anything with it? Like, no, I've just been saving. He's like, well, I mean, that is good, but you're not perfect yet. Because he didn't want to, like, give him, here's, here's the ten rules of being rich, and then your crap, our cat probably never would have done it the right way. He needed to learn most of the lessons himself. Mm -hmm. 
you can tell that the treasurer was thinking a little ahead because when he gave him the that secret, when he gave our cat that secret, he came back after a year, like you said, to check on him. And um, our cat had done it. He had saved. But he slipped up. Yeah, our cat kind of screwed up because he went ahead of himself. The treasurer asked him, hey, so did you save the 10%? And our cat said, yeah. So the guy says, where's the money? I gave it to the brickmaker who told me he was traveling over as far as the seas and into trial. Tyrell. He would buy for me the rarest jewels of the Philistines. Wow. A lot of big words in here for me. <laughs> when he returns, we shall sell at the highest price and divide the earnings. Which means that he went to a brickmaker to buy jewels. Which is... Our cat yells at... Or not our cat, but... Oh, no, no, don't do the that. The accountant's like, what did you just do? You did Every what with learns. your money? <laughs> Pretty sure that's what he said. Yeah, Every yeah, fool must learn. Yeah, it literally says learn. every fool must learn. <laughs> so I thought that was awesome. So don't invest your money in something. Or, yeah, don't invest your money in something with someone that doesn't know anything about what you're wanting to put your money into. The What happens is that <clears throat> when we start saving money, we're gonna people are going to see that we have money. They're going to see it and they're going to come up with us with ideas to, you know, multiply that money. But the problem is that a lot of those people, if not most of those people, will have no idea what they're talking about. So the treasurer is telling them, dude, if you're going to take advice from someone about money, make sure that they know what they're talking about. This happened to me at work. It's like two days ago. Everyone was sitting there talking about what they should be doing with their savings and stuff and they were making absolutely no sense and like part of me wanted to like give them my two cents and then I realized it was almost pointless because they're coming at it from a whole different angle where I what the way I feel about it they would be like what is wrong with this yeah. it's like you would have to change the way they look at life before they can understand the tip yeah no I, that's what I was saying that it, it almost it's like trying to convince someone of God or something, you know. If you're not already down that road, you're not going to want to go down it anyway. So I'm not, you can't force them. That, that's... Yeah, that was one of the points that I had in the markdown was um, where he says, advice is one thing that is freely given away, but watch that you take only what is worth having. For real, no, that, that's kind of perfect saying that. Yeah. Everyone can give advice, but only take the, the stuff that's worth keeping. Right. When people come to me and they give me advice that's, that I can tell is it's wrong, I, I'm, I politely tell them, oh, thank you. Thank you for the advice and move on with my life. I guess there's no need to be like, you're stupid. They're just, oh, that's interesting. And then walk away and be like, that made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, I don't think those people have bad intentions. They just, they're naive. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, it turned out that um, the jewelry that the friend went to buy wasn't jewelry at all. It was just worthless glass. So the treasure I like how the treasure right. comes back the next year and says, oh, well, it's, 
are you still going to the brickmaker for your jewels? And he said, are you still going to the brickmaker? And he goes, yeah, for bricks. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I just like the way this book is written. It, just, I was like, oh. it gets to me. Our cat's been evolving for sure. But not quite, huh? Because do you recall what he did with the... So our cat has been saving for two years now. He saved 10% the first year and then he blew it off on... He got ripped off basically for doing business with the wrong people. And then he did it again. Now, something's important, important to mention is that the second year, the second time he made it, it was easier. And I think you guys have observed this too because our cat talks about it. He says, somehow saving wasn't as hard as it was when I started. Well, I like how he goes, you'd be shocked, but when I put it away, nothing changed. And that was true for us when we started investing into the stocks was that even though that was the first thing our bill came out of, it wasn't like, oh God, how are we going to afford this now? It was nothing like it, we struggled or survived, I guess, not really struggled. We survived just as well as we have been with or without that $40. So let it go to work. It's I. In the book, they says that it must be a, a rule that the gods created because it's impossible to explain why, why isn't why it's not harder when you're saving. It's so surreal. It's a, it's crazy because people wouldn't people don't believe you when they tell them unless they've experienced it themselves. Well, so what happened the second time? Uh, Algamish, by the way, Algamish is the name of the treasure. When he came to see our cat, what mistake our cat had made? Oh, this is the one where he, yeah, he had actually saved his money. Oh, he bought himself. <laughs> he went out, yeah, and he he celebrated basically. He had a feast. He's like, "What'd with you do with fine it?" Fine wine and honey, and so he basically blew it all in a day. It was kind of like he took the money and went to Vegas and had a time of his life with his wife. That's what they were doing, basically. You do not eat the children of your savings. But he's getting closer. He's getting a little closer this time because Which he didn't. That's the best way to think of it. Give his money away and then get absolutely nothing out of return. Now he saved it, and the, yeah, he got some for himself. But he did. He still didn't make himself. money with his money yet. I feel like you. It's one step closer every time. I like how he's not like he woke up the next day. It's three years of training before he even begins to start really going down the right road. Every other book we read makes it sound like tomorrow you can be rich if yeah. you do it right. <clears throat> Our cat makes a good point that no, this is a a learning experience. It's a lifetime goal. It's That's a, true. I think that. That, sh that might be one of the most important points is that this is not a get quick, get rich quick. It maybe it's possible, but I I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a lifestyle. It's a yeah. Because a year a later, almost. he finally got it down. After after our cat spends well, after the second time that Algamish comes to see him, then. He comes back after, and... He goes to the bronze smith now to make his money. He loans him the money to buy bronze, and then he pays him back the loan. Yeah, it had been four years by now. 
and our cat had learned well i guess it took him four years to learn the three necessary principles that algamish needed to see in him the first one he learned how to live below his means the second one he learned to take advice only from competent people in the matter and then the third one he learned how to make the money multiply now because of that algamish tells him i have i have property that i need somebody to take care of because my kids they don't care about making money all they care about is spending it so if you're up for it you can come and help me and our guy says hell yeah well, yeah, he offers him partnership eventually. With, well, he offers it. If, if he does well, then he will make him partner. Yeah, which he did because he had learned the... He was young, he was ambitious, he had learned the rules. So he made, he made the guy's money multiply. Willpower retorted Arquette. What nonsense do you think willpower gives a man the strength to lift a bunch... A branch that the camel could not carry? Just saying, willpower is what led him down the road he went. Because if he didn't want to become successful, he never would have. The um, that conversation is a little bit more. It's a little bit more complicated. So they, he basically, what happens is that he becomes technically he becomes the richest man in Babylon because he had the help of Algamish, right? In a way, he had the help. If it wasn't for Algamish, in a way, he wouldn't be the richest man in Babylon. And his friends, in their in their limited thinking, they say, "Huh, you got lucky that that Algamish saw you. That's why you have all the money. That's what that's what they thought." So so Arkad says, "What lucky? I only got lucky that I had the desire to prosper before I met him." So that when I saw him, I was able to ask for the right advice. Because then he says, would you say that a fisherman is lucky when he knows exactly where to go to get the most amount of fish? Because his experience of 20 years has led him to know exactly where to go? That's not luck. That's not luck. No. There's, he's trying to say that there's... I'm sorry, yeah, go. He was no, trying to say that there's opportunities everywhere. We're just not trained to see them. The other thing that they said to him, and this is, is they said, oh, look, you had, you had willpower to keep saving. And then he said, okay, it might be willpower, but it's a little more than that. Because um, if I decide that I'm going to walk to work, and on my way there, I'm going to take a stone and then just throw it, throw it in the river. And I'm going to do this every day. And then after five days, I get bored and I just throw 10 so that I don't have to do it for 10 more days. That's not willpower. Even though I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm putting the rocks in the river. I'm not doing it how I told myself I was going to do it. So if I ever have the 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 idea of cheating like this i won't i will go back and i will throw that one rock and i will keep doing it like i told myself i was going to because the secret for him was discipline he said if i skip a day 
then I won't throw two tomorrow, which I kind of like because I've done that before. Like, if I'm going to do a challenge and I mess up, I'll just do double the next day and make up for it. But he's saying, no, you can't. You go back and you throw the rock because you promised that every day I was going to throw a rock over this bridge. So what happened was that the secret for our cat was I don't need willpower because I don't set up goals that I know are too difficult for me to fulfill. I only set up goals that are easy. No, I remember him saying that. He was like, if you set your goal too high, you won't complete it, and then you'll hate yourself. He was saying that it brings yourself down. So you set easy goals that you know you'll definitely complete. Another argument that they threw against it was, well, if making money was that easy, then everybody would have it and there wouldn't be any wealth to go around. But Arkad said, what? No, he didn't say what. He said, well, let's say you build a house. When you build a house, what happens with the money that you spent on the construction? The construction company gets it. The carpenter gets it. And then because you build a pretty nice house, the value of the properties around your house go up. And then because those values, the value of those houses went up, then the value of the whole neighborhood kind of goes up as well. So wealth is kind of created. It's, it's created out of nowhere in a way. It's not like there's a limited amount. It says wealth grows... Wealth grows wherever men exert energy. Oh, I like that. Well, that's, that's kind of sweet. Because wherever men, as in humans, are willing to do something physically, there's going to be money that people are willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Wealth grows in magic ways. No man can prophesy the limit of it. Like what I'm saying, it's almost part of the nature force. I'm sorry, what was the last thing you said? That it's part of like nature. nature. Wealth is, it's like its own natural growing force. Yeah, I do feel like it's, 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 it responds to the loss of nature, like gravity in a way. Yeah. It has a set of rules that we don't necessarily understand, but can use in our favor. The so our cat was done, and then the, the the friends were basically trying to ask him the questions, and when they realize, all right, so this guy is right, it makes sense. They tell him what what do we do? What what can we do? It's been too long since we're old. Basically, yeah, we're, we're too, too old. old now. <laughs> They say, what then do you, do you advise us to do that we may also become rich? Asked still another of his friends. The years have passed and we are no longer young men and we have nothing put by. So he says, our God says, I advise that you take the wisdom of Algamish, the treasurer, and say to yourselves, a part of all I earn is mine to keep. Say it in the morning when you first arise. Say it at noon. Say it at night. Say it each hour of every day. Say it to yourself until the words stand out like letters of fire across the sky. Impress yourself with the idea. 
fill yourself with the thought. Then take whatever portion seems wise. Let it be no less than one-tenth and lay it by. Arrange your other expenditures to do it to do this. I'm sorry. Arrange your other expenditures to do this if necessary. But lay by that portion first. Soon you will realize what a rich feeling it is to own a treasure upon which you alone have claim. As it grows, it will stimulate you. A new joy of life will thrill you. Greater efforts will come to you to earn more, for of your increased earnings will not the same percentage be also yours to keep? Then learn to make your treasure work for you. Make it your slave. Make its children and its children's children work for you. That sounds it, so sick. <laughs> I don't, I don't so when I when I when I th read the word slave, I tell to myself, all right. So they could be talking about a real slave, or they could be talking about an employee because they used to call them kind of. I mean, they were not the same. But. Oh, I guess an employee is a slave to the system or whatever. Slave to have your to job. Be and back in the day, the slaves were different. The the slavery was different in Babylon than we understand. You could buy your way out if you did it right. Yeah. He, well, he also, of course, told them to talk to only with smart people about money. Well, we started talking about this last night. Right after that quote, he says that you need to start saving up for your family. And Amanda thought, well, they were saying that you need to take out a big chunk for your family. And she thought they were saying life insurance. I was like, I don't think that was a thing back then. I think he was more talking wills. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe you need to get some life insurance. He's like, I think they mean leave a lot of money in your will for your children so that they don't have to struggle. I think it, I think it's built income that's going to work off of itself where it's your money's children makes more money and then more money and more money that can continue after you pass for your family i think because it says for such protection it is always possible to make provision with small payments at regular intervals for some reason i was just like oh yeah so like a life insurance policy <laughs> i don't really know why, well, though? later in the book, he mentions the case of a friend who started uh, depositing money with the moneylender for his kid. So when he died, the kid had a lot of money, and he didn't do anything with it until he was like 50 or 55, I don't know how old he was. And then he had even more money. So it was like a trust account? Kind of, yeah. It's weird, those have been... The, like the concept of money has been around that long to where trust and all the things we still use today are still being used or were used back then. How old is this book? A hundred years. This was written a hundred years ago? A hundred years ago. The tablets are even older. Oh, wow. Oh, I like this. Enjoy your life while you're here. Do not overstrain or try to save too much. If one-tenth of all your earnings is much as you can comfortably keep, be content to. Meaning that, because sometimes we have this problem where we're like, all right, if we just like shut down everything and we cancel all of our thing, all our activities, and we don't do anything else, we could put up another $200 into investing. And then at a certain point, we're like, wait, 
what, like, we have to have something to look forward to. Some, like, the internet, we can't just shut that off. We can't come home and read books all day. Like, we'll go insane. Like he says, don't be afraid to spend a little. Life is good and life is rich with things worthwhile and things to enjoy. Like, if you wait to enjoy anything at all, you're going to be so old. You're not going to be able to enjoy anything. Yeah, it's like, you can still take your family on a vacation if you want to. Just make sure you're still saving your money. Putting that tent aside. While you do it. Exactly. If you're on the right path, then yeah, you, it's it's about moderation. It would be dangerous if we use it as an excuse to go, oh, you only live once, YOLO, and then... <laughs> no, for real, there's a... But just like he was saying, the opposite, where if you say, oh no, I need to save, 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 and then tomorrow you have a heart attack. Oh, good job. <laughs> you did good job saving. Like, <laughs> I... It doesn't matter in the end. I like... I, I thought that it was, it was, what was the word? I thought it was beautiful, actually. When he finished talking and then his friends, some of them got it, some of them didn't get it. But the ones who got it, they were, well, I'm going to read. It says, some of them had in their eyes a new light. This is the middle of the third paragraph before the end. It says, but some had in their eyes a new light. They realized that Algamish had come back each time to the room of the scribes because he was watching a man work his way out of darkness into light. When that man had found the light, a place awaited him. No one could fill that place until he had for himself worked out, on, worked out his own understanding until he was ready for opportunity. No, that's literally what I was saying in the beginning. Was It seemed like he knew almost that. The only way to teach him was to let him struggle. Make mistakes. Get out of your own way. <laughs> then these guys, the, the, these latter ones, who in the following years frequently revisited Arkad, who received them gladly. He counseled with them and gave them freely of his wisdom, as men of broad experience are always glad to do. And he assisted them so in so investing their savings that it would bring in a good interest with safety and would neither be lost nor entangled in investments that paid no dividends. The turning point in these men's lives came upon that day when they realized the truth that had come from Algamish to Arkad and from Arkad to them. A part of all you earn is yours to keep. That's the end of the chapter. No. We were almost upset when we were done reading last night because we were like, no. We want to continue. Yeah, I was like, we need to do this. <laughs> it, it's like it gets good, and then we just stop. It's like I gotta wait a whole week now to read another. I was like, for our next chapter, it's like we should do chapter two chapters two at a time. It took us over an hour to get this one out. So no, I, definitely. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, we want to keep reading. I I like how I can see myself in the friends, and in our cat. 
I'm not the richest man in Babylon, but because of the mindset. No, I almost felt like one of the guys standing there. You know, not not a main character by any means, but I was just like listening to this whole thing go down. It's the way. I've had those questions too. Oh, I've had those questions like, oh, there's not enough money to go around or there is enough money to go around. Why is it not going around? And I like how he answers. He's like that, that house example was perfect because making a house, building a house literally creates money out of nowhere. Somehow the price of everything around it goes up. No, like you said, the taxes end up going higher. The, and then your mortgage could go up because you, your, every house on there is worth 100000 And the people who worked on the house made money. And they're buying nicer tools so they can work faster. So it's like it's an endless circle. No, yeah, it's, it's almost like rain, literally. Where it comes, it goes. You don't really have much control sometimes. But if, you know, you can do everything and work with it, don't let a rainy day stop you. There is so much depth to this book because the fact that they went back to Arkad and it mentions that Arkad gave them advice freely and happily because that's what, you know, old people, not old people, but people with wisdom like to do. And that is so true because like you said, at the Yacht Club, you could see that in real life happening in front of your eyes. People just talking to each other about ways to make money. And if you just listened or even... Well, like they're saying, opportunities come. And if if I was paying attention, then I, I would have had the opportunity to be able to do that. I feel like this book puts the stuff in a simple way to understand. But the things it says is also like, oof. Yeah, makes it. It's kind of stabbing a little bit. Well, I like how it's, a, it's supposed to be almost interpreted. A little. That way you're not, like, it's not a straightforward, this is the answer. It's more of, here's a story, and what you get from it, you take. And that's the part I like about it. It could be interpreted anyway. It's kind of like parables. The way that Jesus taught. No, that's what I said to Amanda. <laughs> it seems almost like literally right from the Bible. Like, yeah. the way it's written. All right. Come back next week. Do part three. Do you know the title? The title is Here's for a Lean Purse. Yeah, that chapter's gonna be great. See y'all then. Have a good day. See ya. Peace.